Macbeth by William Shakespeare, Act 5. Where I want to start this conversation is going to center around the idea that Macbeth lacks the level of self-confidence necessary to be a proper king. And that while he has the skills and the resources to assassinate King Duncan, to take action to become king himself, he does not have the ability, the mental strength, or the mental toughness to maintain his position of power. And what I want us to really think about and focus on, I know we cover this in class, is this idea that Macbeth is constantly seeking support from outside sources. He needs, in this case, it was the witches in Act 4. And in Act 5, he is got this false sense of security that is driven from the prophecies the witches, has, the witches have provided. One of the things that has come up as we've had this discussion is the idea that the witches do not lie. And what they are presenting to Macbeth isn't necessarily good or evil. It is a clouded version of the truth. And we have to ask ourselves as readers or as playgoers, as audience members, is this a play about the lies we are willing to accept? And is it also a play about what exactly is truth? Not necessarily what is reality, but what is truth? Now, there's a lot more going on in this play, but as we look at it, and there's a lot of other things we've looked at in class and trying to take a little bit of a different angle as we close our time with this text, what is truth in this novel? Because for Macbeth and even Lady Macbeth, it does seem like they are very comfortable with getting a glimpse of it, acting on that small piece of information, and then having to deal with the consequences from their actions being impacted by the complete reality or the complete picture that they were unable to see themselves. In this case, when the witches, with the prophecy of that no man born of woman could kill Macbeth, he's got this incredible confidence. But there's always a loophole. When I was pointed out in class, a short story, The Monkey's Paw, came to mind. Obviously, The Monkey's Paw is a short story that came out long after Macbeth's, Macbeth was written. But as we think about this idea that there's always a loophole in these prophecies, that there is a way, the protection that Macbeth was seeking was just sort of fool's gold. So when Macduff at the end of the play reveals that 
he was born from a C-section, that the devil's kind of in the details here, that all of a sudden that protection that Macbeth believed he had is gone because of this seemingly kind of odd set of circumstances that allows there to be a loophole. The same thing with Burnham Wood, with the men camouflaging themselves on their way to Macbeth's castle. We have to understand that these loopholes are not sort of the misinformation or the misdirection by the witches, which I think you could still make that argument. The reason I say it's not part of that is because I do believe that it's a presentation of the truth that is leaving out the big picture. It's just enough information to let Macbeth and Lady Macbeth feel confident in their decisions while being completely clouded of the other elements that are, or other factors or variables that are in the works here or in play. All the characters in this play seem to lack the ability to have foresight beyond what's right in front of them. Even Macduff, while we are supposed to see him a little bit as a hero character, it does make us have to have that conversation, which we did with Act 4, that he leaves his family behind and goes off to England in an effort to overthrow the tyranny that Macbeth has instilled over Scotland in the short time he's been in, in power. His wife viewed him as a traitor. We as audience members tend not to do so. But the abandoning of his family does raise a red flag to where his priorities were and are. So, as we analyze the end of this play, the consequences that come to Lady Macbeth and Macbeth seem in many ways predestined. Once Macbeth kills King Duncan. You have to go all the way back to the beginning to remember that Macbeth does not want to take action. He's willing to wait. He's willing to say, if I'm going to be king, I'll be king one day. It will come. I will not take action. But remember, as we've talked about, while this is a play about ambition, Macbeth's ambition, on one hand, does depend on how the actor portrays Shakespeare's words. But it also has, we have to remember that this is not like Julius Caesar where ambition is at the forefront of the behavior of many of the characters, Macbeth was confident in staying where he was. It was the influence of Lady Macbeth that pushed him in the direction of taking action. And once that action's taken, there's no going back. Lady Macbeth's mental state, which ultimately results in her death, which is we do not exactly know how she died. We have to assume it was... We assume it's suicide, but there's no confirmation of that one way or another. The famous out spot out is in this act. And we have to remember, we do have to ask ourselves a little bit while she's in this act five, scene one, scene at her worst sleepwalking and the nurse and the doctor are watching her that People seem to be concerned and actually care about the well-being of Lady Macbeth. 
And why I bring this up is because we get this sense in this story that because it's violent, because politics are at the forefront of it, that the characters themselves, a lot of empathy seems to be lacking. A lot of pause for consideration seems to be lacking, but not in this scene. There is legitimate concern that these characters that we're seeing make these horrible decisions, do have people around them who A, are punished by their behavior, whether they're involved or not, but also have concerns about them on a human standpoint. And the concern about Lady Macbeth's behavior and saying it's it's nothing a doctor can heal, that this is a spiritual issue. You have to ask yourself the question, is Lady Macbeth and Macbeth, are they cursed? is the, the moment they start getting involved with the witches and going by what they said, does that unlock something that breaks them? Because ultimately, they suffer the consequences of their decisions, but they're also misled by information that does not allow them to see anything other than what is right in front of them. The reactionary nature of both Lady Macbeth and Macbeth. As we move through Act 5, Macbeth is still the same strong warrior he was at the beginning of the play. But the emotional drama, along with the lack of self-confidence, does not remove the fact that he's still a tremendous fighter. And his fight with Macduff you can argue that while he seems like going into it, that he would be the stronger of the two. He's defeated because at this point you have to believe that he's mentally defeated long before he takes up arms against Macduff. Not wanting to kill Macduff at first because he'd already killed his whole family. It was a weird moment of arrogance and empathy mixed in at once. But once Macduff knows, excuse me, once Macbeth knows that Macduff doesn't exactly fit the criteria of a man born of woman. Things shift over. And it's Macbeth who has fear, who finally jumps into action and is killed. I don't think anyone feels good about the ending of the play. Macbeth's head stands, ends up on a stick. Malcolm becomes king. And while it's supposed to be a new moment and a new dawn for Scotland... There's no guarantee one way or another that the bloodshed will stop and that the the tyranny that Macbeth subjugated all his people to, and remember, time moved a little bit faster in this story than I think people sometimes think about or consider, but there's no guarantee that this this is over and Banquo's sons will be the ones who will be king one day, not Malcolm. And is that through another coup? Is that through a military situation? What, whatever comes will come from Banquo, not necessarily Malcolm. As we wrap this up, I want us to think about this idea of confidence, the role of ambition, the concept of being talked into doing something or trying to become something for someone else the fine line between lacking self-confidence and needing someone else to kind of pump your tires a little bit to get you to where you need to be, 
or being completely misdirected and misguided where you find yourself in over your head. Macbeth in so many ways can be depicted as a character who bit off more than he could chew and had to have a reactionary disposition to maintain power in any sort of way, which is not something that would render itself a good attribute to be a long-time leader. Lady Macbeth's complete collapse is something that we need to take in mind and keep in mind the fact that the beginning of this play, Macbeth is writing her a letter telling her what is going on. And there is a, and in my opinion, there is a very strong sense of equality between the two of them. He's relying on her. He's informing her. They seem to be a team. But after she ultimately talks Macbeth into taking action against Duncan, their relationship is broken. And after that, neither of them behaves the same and their lives are slowly ruined as they fall apart as a couple and as, a, as individuals. So as we consider that fact, that truly they aren't together very much after Macbeth's very public breakdown at the dinner party with the nobles, we have to consider and remember the fact that this was a couple that did not need to put themselves in the situation. But yet, they are both dead because of their own decisions. Whether or not you want to blame the witches, the witches are not at fault because it was not the witches who were telling them to take action. They were merely presenting information. Scotland is not in a better place at the end of this play, but they have moved on from Macbeth, a very complicated character in a play that's got so many layers to it. I'm not sure that we've touched on all of them, but I think that's the beauty of studying it a few different times over your academic career. And hopefully you get that opportunity. As we wrap this up, I want us to make sure that we really focus on the downfall of Macbeth, how how he's presented in the play leaves a lot of wiggle room, in my opinion, for the actor to present their own tone and spin on the lines themselves. But as for us as readers, there is a way I, I think that we should be looking at this is that this was a complex character who desperately on one hand wants to be the type of guy who could be king, but is far better off as the man taking orders as the good soldier, middle management type, leading himself down a path where he's over his head and underqualified. Mm -hmm.